We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Entering the Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings. Week 15 rankings, debate, start, sit, give you a preview of the injuries and the rankings for the entire week 15. And a lot's going to change because there is a ton of news in terms of players and COVID protocol who may not play, who may play. We're probably not going to know until this weekend. The Saturday show on Mayo Media Network and the Pat Mayo Experience feed will have a full update on all of this, including the players from the Saturday games this week because it's play fantasy football playoff time. You need to have all of that information at the tip of your fingers. I will also have an injury cheat sheet with all of the news, whether guys are in or out in the newsletter, and that will update periodically if you just save the link. You can subscribe to the newsletter down in the description. That's free to join. Let's get it sent to you, and then it will update when you click back on it uh, throughout the course of the week, if that's something that you want to do. Remember to sign up for the golf one and done. Golf season is approaching. Uh, you want to make sure that you get your spot this year, so you're not the guy like two weeks after it starts being like, how can I play in the one and done? Well, the best way to do that is just <laughs> enter it right now at fantasygolfchampionships.com. Five max entry. It's the entire golf season. It's a ton of fun. $500,000 guaranteed in the race. For the Mayo Cup. It's a lot of guaranteed money to get through. And then we have the Listener's League. The Listener's League link is now available for DraftKings this week. 2,500 spots. Get your spot now before it fills because it always fills. And it always fills incredibly early. So go do that. Link is down in the description. RunTheSims.com. 100 bucks for the rest of the year. And if you use RunTheSims.com slash Mayo, you will get 10% off that $100. So... From now through the Super Bowl, pretty good deal. 100 bucks. Check it out. RunTheSims.com. All the rankings are available in the description and on DKNation.com. They will get updated every single day. And before the actives and inactives get released before each of the games on Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. So check all of that out. Jake Seeley, it's playoff time. You ready? 
I am ready. And I actually have an update already on what the enhanced protocols mean, if you want to know what that's floating around and what that means. Yes, before we came on air, I asked Jake, because something just popped up on my Twitter feed, that the Cleveland Browns had had entered, quote, enhanced COVID-19 protocols. And I was like, I don't know what that means. So, Jake, do you know what that means? He's like, I don't know what that means. But Jake, you know, he's an inside man. So he's like, let me uh, let me shoot over a message to the Cleveland beat reporter who broke the news to see what the, does he, Jake yeah. has the great access. Well, that's why you're the best guest. What does he say? <laughs> so, yeah, Zach Jackson. So what it is is basically enhanced protocols means there's so many potential cases that they've shut down the facility. Nobody's allowed in or out type of thing. I mean, People are allowed to leave. It's not like quarantine, but no press, no media, uh, no family and stuff like that until everybody gets cleared. No extra people in the meetings, no extra uh, whatever. And then they're going through rigorous. It's not just normal testing. There's like double down testing, basically, for all intents and purposes. So watch out with your Cleveland Browns this week. And it was going to be a good situation for Nick Chubb because Kareem Hunt is not expected to play because of an injury. Uh, So I had Kareem, I mean, I made my rankings before I heard this news, and I don't really even know what this news means or what the implications are going to be. The rankings are going to change a lot this week, I feel, Jake. Yeah, they are. I don't think we're going to know a lot until this afternoon. I mean, as of right now, we assume with how early things happen with the Dolphins running backs that they should be okay, question mark, but... Essentially, unless you're including the practice squad, they have zero running backs. Uh, Not true. Not not true. They upgraded Duke Johnson from the practice squad. So there you go. What, yesterday? Uh, They finally did? It was either last night or this morning they did that. Okay, so that now they officially have one <laughs> while they're considering also who is the other one that they were talking about? Uh, they brought Malcolm it, Brown. He's coming back from the IR. Yeah, he, he's eligible to practice this week. Uh, they brought in Lamar Miller. Uh, it's a reunion of sorts for Lamar Miller and the Dolphins. <laughs> Maybe he can end up on the squad this week. But all three <laughs> of their guys to get all those touches. Everybody wanted to pound the table for when he was with the Dolphins the first time. <laughs> yeah, like to 25 years ago. And then the other three guys might actually be OK as well. So this is why the injury cheat sheet is going to be incredibly valuable this week. Uh, as long as I keep up to date on it, which I do every week. So I don't think you have any worries with that. So again, in the description, uh, I just want to quickly touch on the waiver wire for a second. Is there anyone besides Rashad Penny and uh, like Ramondre Stevenson that you would even consider picking up at this point? Bateman, if he was dropped. Uh, yeah. I was surprised Stevenson's still out there as much as he is. Uh, not the foreman if I'm desperate, only because he led that backfield. Depending on what happens with the Dolphin situation, if it's all the way down to Malcolm Brown, I mean, you could look at his situation and say, yeah, whatever. At wide receiver, I still think Devontae Parker, I keep saying that all the time, and you and I talk about it too a lot. When he's healthy, he's fine. He's a wide receiver four, sometimes, well, actually not sometimes, often a wide receiver three with the ceiling for more until Thielen is back. Osborne should be. Osborne's still not even at 60%. I think maybe that's just a lot of teams that are already checked out. And then I'm sure we'll talk about when we get to the running backs, but with the fact that David Johnson was out last week with COVID and now Rex Burkhead got hurt and Royce Freeman is Royce Freeman. Not excited about David Johnson, but as a flex running back this week, he could be intriguing. Yes, because he has been activated from the COVID reserve list. So he's going to be back in action. Chase Edmonds. Oh, obviously Darius Johnson too. Whether or not, even if Nick Chubb is fine with COVID, Darius Johnson, now that Kareem Hunt's out again, should then people shouldn't have dropped him in the first place for this reason. Yeah, I don't know if you necessarily want to play Dearness Johnson, although who knows what's going on with the Browns. He might be like the only guy. He might have to play like one on 11 against the rest of the team. I would, I would play him as a flex running back against the Raiders, even if Chubb is okay. Hmm, where do I have him? Okay, let's let's start with him. Let's talk about running backs then. You have a 40. Yeah, You're not I, that far from flex. 
Okay. I mean, I, I when you were saying flex, I felt like that was like really low because I have him at number 40 right now. Because I was thinking like flex, like that's like running back flex, three. Flex, I'm in the 30s. Three type, like like if it was like A.J. Dillon or Dearness Johnson, I'd still play A.J. Dillon. Yeah. Oh, yes. Absolutely. And, but I would consider Dearness Johnson in that conversation, like the other ones right in front of him, Mark Ingram, Bolden Hines, if it's not full PPR, like that's, that's the conversation he deserves to be in. Yeah. Like he's, there's a group of guys basically when you get to number 30, like starting at Duke Johnson at number 30 and Duke Johnson is only there essentially as a placeholder. Like I should have just written in Miami starting running back. Um, and if I had clear, you don't have Gaskin higher. If Gaskin plays and it's just Gaskin, he'd probably be like number seventeen or something like that. But okay, if it's okay. if if it's not Gaskin, we don't really know who it is. But like it could be just Duke Johnson at this point, which would make it really confusing. And then you have like the two receiving backs in the New England and Indianapolis game. I think that Bolden and Hines could do some work here. I'd be willing to risk it on them as a floor play because I do think that they both get involved in that matchup on Saturday night as it stands right now. And then you have, and that's only Bolden if Damian Harris is out and I don't have Damian Harris in the rankings. There's a, like I said, there's a lot that's going to change. Let's go to the very top of everything. Dalvin Cook is number one. I missed the playoffs, Jake, in my big money league because I sat Dalvin Cook in week 14. (laughs) And I stopped paying attention on Sunday and forgot to put in Debo Samuel over Jamar Jefferson, and I lost. And I missed the playoffs as the team that scored the most points. And there's no wild card rule in that league, so I feel like an absolute mm. goober. So, uh, n- not great yeah. for me. These things, no, these these things definitely happen. The most points, yeah, definitely for the wild card rule. I agree with. We talk about that every single year. Uh, the Dalvin Cook thing, uh, and this is, you know, I if people want to say I'm victory lapping, I will, but I just want to double down and triple down and quadruple down on this is every single running back this year, Elijah Mitchell, David Montgomery, Clyde Edwards, Alaire, all these running backs, Christian McCaffrey, they made Royce Freeman inactive. The first game, Christian McCaffrey came back and now Dalvin cook, when the person is performing well and they bring back the lead running back early and they've done it in all those situations, all those running backs came back at the most aggressive schedule possible. And a couple of them came in front, like David Montgomery came back before the bye, so they could have held them out for the extra week. Anytime they do that, the team is going right back to their guy. That's how the NFL is. Not wide receiver where they might be a decoy. They're going right back. And for the people that might push back on Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones is the risk, but it wasn't the risk because they didn't use him as that way because they were using him that way in the first half. They just got up so quickly and easily that they said, let's not risk the situation. So that's the downside. But the good thing is that what Aaron Jones was still like an RB3 in that game. It just wasn't what you wanted from Aaron Jones. But lesson learned for everybody. I'm not coming for you, Pat, but lesson learned. When a team goes back to their running back, they're playing the running back. I agree with you. And that was the mentality that I've had all year. This one just seems so different he, like i mean the reports were that he had a separated shoulder a week ago and i was like if this guy gets hit once he might like keel over and die in this game and his like arm might fall <laughs> off like i don't want to risk that I, I i played it so poorly that i i didn't want to risk him having one touch and getting hurt which seemed like it was on the table based on everything that i was reading it's like sure. if, he, if he holds up he's gonna be great but he might not hold up i was like ah, i'll just risk it with whoever it was gonna be and i actually had debo pegged and then i just uh, i was out of town this weekend my mistake <laughs> very poor management on my part uh, and just rolled out jamar jefferson i didn't know that craig reynolds was gonna lead the backfield for the detroit lions um i thought that he sat like for a while like c reynolds was running the ball i was like who the hell is this guy who is number 46 <laughs> on the lions and i was like this guy's the best part about it I was like, he sounds 46. like a, he sounds like a pinch hitter on the arizona diamondbacks not a running back in the nfl <laughs> 
That's really true. The, yeah, the Adam Schefter report kind of blew that up that morning where he said, I have the feeling like it's Elijah Mitchell earlier this year. I've even picked him up on my team. So some people were on the top, but I still didn't even have Craig Reynolds inside the top 36. I think I had him in the 40s somewhere. I still had Jefferson and um, t- what, uh, I'm having a brain fart now. All of a sudden I can see the with the, the third running back, the pass catcher. Good one. Big way, big way. Yeah. Um, the the safety that transition i was joking about his last name the the safety that gordon the guy it's good the other one, one. help good. me out here you're you're you're, uh, you're not helping me out at all on, on the lions yeah it was the, it was jefferson it was goodwin and it was reynolds there was no one else was there yeah but what was his last name is what i was trying to remember oh, igway bukwe yeah there you yeah, go. Igwe yeah. Bukwe. that's i was trying to remember his last name anyway my point being is I still had them in front of him because I thought it was just going to be a full-blown committee. I wasn't expecting that kind of workload. And I still wouldn't expect him to even be Reynolds to be relevant with Jamal Williams likely back this week. I think that was just a one-off. And you said, because we're talking waivers, I wouldn't chase Reynolds on waivers for that reason. I, I don't think anybody's stepping in front of Jamal Williams if he's back. Well, I agree with you. I'd say that Jamal Williams would end up being the lead in that situation. The one that everyone's going to chase on... And I don't know what to do with this because I have him ranked at number I, I artificially ranked him low because I just don't trust him whatsoever. But people are going to be rolling out Rashad Penny like he's fucking Ladanian Tomlinson uh, this week. Like, <laughs> Oh, my God, I found my guy. And they might be right. But I've seen this too many times from Rashad Penny. It's not like the matchup is good against the Rams. I'm at 20, no. by the way. <laughs> but James Conner just <laughs> went ham on the Rams, so it could happen. But. I, I made the comparison with Mini on my waiver show on Monday. And I said, this is like, the, everybody's had one of these relationships, I think. Or maybe I'm speaking more than I should be. But I, I went through one of them where you break up two or three times and you should have just stayed broken up and you just get your heart broken again. That's kind of how I feel with Rashad Penny. It's like, it's finally happened. And it finally happened that one time before where he had that huge game. I think the Vikings were in there somewhere, whatever it might be. And then he got hurt. But that was an injury, but we've been here, done that. The talent, we've been waiting for it forever, and it has finally happened. I agree with you. There, there's the risk there. You know, they're hoping to get Travis Homer back. I still think he's the lead of this backfield. I see where you have him. I'd rank him in front of some of the names that you have in front of him. But, yes, the floor, the floor is Pete Carroll just, oh, I like what Alex Collins looks like today. Let's give DJ Dallas 10, 10 targets in the passing game, and then all of a sudden Penny walks out of this game with eight touches for 34 yards. Mm. So Delvin Cook is number one in the rankings. Jonathan Taylor is going to be number two against New England. I have, people are going to be like, oh, man, New England, such a tough matchup, which is true. But I don't understand how you could bench the best running back in fantasy. So that would be tough. Uh, Elvin Kamara, Najee Harris, Leonard Fournette, Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb, tentatively. Austin Eckler, who I have expected to play on Thursday night. He's going to be number eight. David Montgomery and Cordero Patterson. If Eckler doesn't play against the Chiefs on Thursday night, Justin Kerr. You wouldn't play Justin. I mean, you don't care. You play Austin Eckler anyway. You take the zero. Oh no, no, no! <laughs> I just I knew where you were going. I'm just I'm not playing the Justin Jackson Joshua Kelly game. If we've never learned from anything from last year when we did this and it was Jackson, and then next time it was Joshua Kelly, and then within the same game, one of them looks good. Like I think it was Kelly. Like came out looking good, and then fumbled him back to Jackson, and then back and forth, and then oh look, Kalen Balage down. People forgot about that already. Seemingly. Uh, I'm not messing around with this backfield. I would only, and I said this in the waiver combat, I would only go, so Jackson would be the first priority because he looked to be in front of Kelly in that game, but it would only be to block my opponent in case 
Jackson's the guy and gets like 14 touches. I'm not picking up Jackson to play Jackson. I'm playing Jackson or picking him up to put him on my bench and block my opponent from potentially putting up 20 points against me. Okay. Uh, I just hope Eckler plays for the sake of everyone who owns Austin yes. Eckler out there. Antonio Gibson yes. is number 11 in the rankings. Elijah Mitchell, who I have expected to return, is number 12. Josh Jacobs, Zeke, uh, that is with Pollard in as of right now in my rankings, but you know, he's still a bit banged up with this foot injury. Javante Williams, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Melvin Gordon, Saquon Barkley, James Robinson, Aaron Jones. I do think this is, and this might be more of a daily fantasy play, but the, the hate for... James Robinson, the deserved hate for James Robinson the last two weeks is he has probably sunk your fantasy chances while building them up for the the first part of the season, really sunk them coming down the stretch. (laughs) This does feel like the ultimate get right week for him. It does, but it also, Urban Meyer still the head coach. But, but the, look, the thing was, he was out there snap wise. He just wasn't out there touch wise. Yes, it's against Houston. You mentioned a lot though, the Houston front, it's a pretty good front. I wouldn't say, like, I'm not benching James Robinson, and I think a lot of teams, as you just mentioned, are not in the playoffs if they had James Robinson, unfortunately. But I think where you have him is a fair spot. Yes, I would have him in front of Aaron Jones in the very tough run defense of the Baltimore Ravens. Their pass defense is abysmal, and now especially with all those injuries on top of it. But I would play him in front of Aaron Jones. I got, I'm going to go... Whew. The Clyde Edwards-Alaire is going to be my toughest rank of the week is because, you know, Edwards-Alaire is still not doing much on a per-touch basis. When per-touch, he scored touchdowns. But, I mean, per-touch on yards, he did get those touchdowns in a blowout. It is a gorgeous matchup with the Chargers' run defense. I just, his touch and his volume, it's, it's, it's tough to get. Like, I don't what's the difference between him right now, him and Aaron Jones, honestly? Not a ton uh, whatsoever, but... I would expect, because what we've seen is A.J. Dillon really take over a lot Like when they're up in games and they need to pound the ball on the ground. We seem to get a lot more of A.J. Dillon. It does seem at least right. earlier in the game. I know Daryl Williams scored that touchdown, but they're at least using Clyde Edwards-Alaire in their goal line packages a little bit more. And it feels like at this moment in time, if someone was going to score a one-yard rushing touchdown, it would be Clyde Edwards-Alaire, to me at least, in like a 54-46 sure. type situation. Sure, which is crazy to say because that was his problem last year is that he sucked at the goal line. He had the seven opportunities or eight opportunities in week one and then had that combined for the rest of the year because they wouldn't use him that way. So, again, I'm not saying you need to push him down. It's just that's like I haven't finished my ranks. I haven't even started my projections yet because that's what Tuesdays are for. But that's going to be a tough one. That's going to be a tough call for me. And honestly, to go back up real quick, I don't think I'd put Zeke that high. It is the Giants' run defense, but we saw even when they were up, they didn't bring him back until the end of the game when it was close again because Washington all of a sudden surprised us in the fourth quarter that he was essentially not benched because he's not being benched, but they basically took him out of the game in the third quarter when things looked to be in control to keep that knee healthy. And against the Giants, they should be able to do the same in the third quarter. And that's my concern is if he's not the one that scores the touchdown in the first half and a touchdown goes to CD lamb and Amari Cooper and everything like that. And they rest them with Pollard back. I, I just, I feel like Zeke's got a lower floor. I would start Javante definitively in front of him. 
And I'd probably put him down more by like Barkley and Robinson for the similar risk with those guys, but different different risk, but similar, similar risk level of those guys. I agree with you in the Zeke situation that he might end up finding his way to the bench if they get up by so much, but then you have to play the probabilities is how did Dallas get up by so much? And there's a good chance that Zeke is involved in that somehow would be my pushback to Zeke. You hope, I mean, you, that's what you're playing for is that if Dallas is going to score 28 points in the first three quarters, you're hoping Zeke gets at least one of those touchdowns. Sure. That's what you're hoping for. But and now uh, I'm, I'm also setting myself up for the arguments of where I think you could put Rashad Petty in this conversation. Not a chance. Not, I, I would not yeah. do that. I know you You already made that very clear. I'm just saying, I think you could make the case for Rashad Petty deserving to be in this. I would start Zeke. I would start Melvin Gordon and Barkley. James Robinson. Yes. Uh, just De- because definitively that definitively yes for me. That offense is just so god awful miserable. And it's just, it's ruining Trevor Lawrence, which, by the way, it's so miserable. And I looked this up, Pat, despite the fact that since the middle of the season, since week seven, Trevor Lawrence is in the top 10 on on target throws. Like, it's not even on him. That's how bad this offense is. He's not throwing wild passes. And it's just a mess right now. So I know you're saying, yes, I'm just saying, I think that if I was sitting there and I had James Robinson and somehow made the playoffs and I picked up Rashad Penny, I think that'd be a conversation I had in my mind of whether or not to go Penny or Robinson. And I don't disagree with your stance. It's just, I think you can make a case for him. Okay. I mean, you've made the case and I think that a lot of people will agree with you on this one. I'm just not tying my fantasy future to Rashad Penny. I just can't do it. I'd rather go down (laughs) with James Robinson and all these other guys from 20 to 30 who I have above Rashad Penny, like Daryl Henderson, who I expect to come back. James Conner, who I expect to play, although he seemed to get hurt on the last play of the game in Monday Night Football. Ramondre Stevenson is ranked here at 23 without Damian Harris. Miles Sanders at 24. I'm expecting him to return. He might not play. Michael Carter is expected to be back for the New York Jets this week, so I have him at number 25. He might not play. (laughs) Devonta Freeman at number 26. Chase Edmonds is expected to return in week 15, at least according to Cliff Kingsbury. If Connor has to sit and Edmonds is back. How high would Edmonds go up against Detroit? I think you have to put him in the conversation. Top 15? Or top 15. Yeah. Is that what you said? Did we yeah. just say the same yeah. thing at the same it, time? You'd be like, would you play Can Ed- we just become best friends? We're, we're <laughs> in simpatico. We have the mind meld going. Would you go Zeke or Chase Edmonds without Connor? I would go Edmonds without Connor. I would too. I think that's the spot. I'd have one spot, number 14, one spot behind Josh Jacobs. Yeah. If you get the volume, if Elijah Mitchell doesn't play, which there's no guarantee that he does, <laughs> just don't start any Niners running back. No, you have to start Jamal Williams or Jamal Williams. I was looking, I was looking at Jamal Williams because I was looking like that's around where I would put Jeff Wilson. That's what he's a 30s, a high 30s running back because he will get 14, 15 carries for 60 yards. Blah. And you hope he falls into the end zone, but it's just nothing in the passing game. And what has essentially become a long running joke. Now I started, this was, I think Thanksgiving week where I said, put give Debo RB eligibility, you cowards as a joke because of the whole Patterson thing. And because of what we just dealt with last year, and I was making a joke, but at this point, Shanahan's essentially made Debo a running back when Elijah Mitchell's not playing. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it kind of sucks away the value and Debo keeps scoring rushing touchdowns that 
kind of takes away from the bottom line of everyone. That's it's the biggest part of it. it. It's, it's sort of he's like, like the their same, goal line back. Yeah, he's like the same, but except he scores from like 21 yards every single time somehow on the same like trap reverse play. Like they trap out of the backfield, pull the guard, and just Debo's gone on the outside. Like no one saw it coming. It's like, all right. <laughs> and do you know what? As a quick sidebar, I think maybe that's why when you see like the Ravens, like why do they keep running the same damn play on third down all the time and it's not working? Like, I think that's maybe why is because coaches sometimes like Shanahan, it does keep working and the coaches are so set like uh, it's going to work this time. Maybe, but yeah, you're right. I don't know why nobody's, but how many years have we been saying this, Pat? And I've said it to you. It's like, how has nobody in the NFL figured out the fact that Shanahan just turns running backs into gold? Like, it doesn't matter who is back there. He turns them good. And I mean, nobody's figured it out. You did. That's why you have Elijah Mitchell. No, I mean, I figured that part out. I'm saying, like, how is the NFL not figure? Like, NFL goes out there and figures out how to stop quarterbacks, how to game plan, how to do everything. Everybody wants to give Belichick all the credit in the world. But there are 32 teams doing it. Well, 31 other teams besides Belichick. And they do a pretty good job. But no, the 31 other teams have not figured out Kyle Shanahan's running backs. They haven't. I mean, it's a very good look. Listen, like the zone blocking that comes along with it and the offensive line that they've built up, like they have a very good offensive line. That's part of it. The the thing I I don't understand about it is why do they keep wasting these draft picks on running backs then? Mm, That's a good question. And the biggest thing was they traded up for Trey Sermon, too. (laughs) At least he's on IR. He's not even like a part of this anymore so the rest of the rankings go penny at 28 aj dillon at 29 and i think there's like a little buffer zone here i have duke johnson and jamal williams at 30 and 31 i'm guessing as of right now duke johnson is the only like running back who's active on the dolphins (laughs) so he is number 30 once someone else gets put in as active they'll be in the rankings higher than duke johnson but there is a chance that it's just like duke johnson a bunch of people we've never heard of come sunday uh jamal williams at number 31 not that i really want to start a lions running back but if he's the only one out there i do not expect deandre swift to play then like i said Hines and bolden at 32 and 33 i think that they're playable from a floor standpoint based on what i think they can bring into the receiving game in this matchup and then it's a complete free-for-all with whoever else you want to start <laughs> ingram pollard abdullah donta foreman sony michelle Boston Scott, Dontrell Hilliard, J.D. McKissick, if he comes back, Ty Johnson, David Johnson, Matt Breda, Justin Jackson. Like, you really don't want to be starting any of these guys. The one thing about the Titans backfield, and I think that people will kind of glom on to Donta Foreman this week, I would precaution that even though it was a game where they were up most of the game this week, Foreman 36%. played 33%. He was actually last of the three running backs yeah. in the Titans' backfield. It was McNichols at 36, Hilliard at 35%, and Foreman at 33%. And that was a game where they were winning, the game where you would expect Foreman to see the most snaps and most touches. Now, the most touches, yes. The most snaps, no. If this is a game against the Steelers, which they're going to be, they are favored in, um, but it's a tougher run defense, for one thing. It's not just an absolute sieve on the other side of the ball. And if they do fall behind, they might need to pass a bunch because that's a much better way to attack the Steelers. That this just feels like it could be a really big down game. And like, if he doesn't score a touchdown, he could score like mm-hmm. one point. Yes. And I actually, I'm glad that you have him this low because it's, that's a committee. I, that is the definition of committee. They're within fractional points of, you know, whether a percentage or whatever you want to talk about, but it's a third, a third, a third. That is a full blown committee. And the biggest part of it is that we probably could have used Hilliard if not for the fact that McNichols is back and immediately right back to being used a third of the time. So I'm with you. 
I got to tell you that if I'm shooting for upside and ceiling, I mean, there's names behind Foreman that I would start over him for ceiling. Like I would start Dearness Johnson if I'm going for ceiling because Cleveland just runs 60 times and he gets 20 carries or something like that. Or, you know, Sony Michelle actually ends up in a complete 50 50 split because of how good he's looked, you know, and I'm trying to look even Dave, I go back to David Johnson. If I'm going for ceiling, I would go David Johnson, Deonta Foreman, because as you mentioned, the ceiling with Foreman is he has to score a touchdown. And even if he does, he still might not get double digit points because it might only be on 30 yards. Okay. I, I can completely get behind you on that one. I'm just trying to weight the probabilities of what upside ceiling versus sort of like median is going to be when you get in this range. And maybe you need to pick right. and choose on, on your team of what you need. The issue with David Johnson is even when, you know, Burkhead was there and everyone was there, he was still just kind of playing receiving downs. Like Royce Freeman might handle like 75% of the workload this week. I don't know. Royce Freeman just went 11 for 15 on the ground. That's like the best any Texans running back has been all year. <laughs> No, Burkhead had a good, well, good, a usable game last week. I just, that's what it is. I don't think, I don't think Royce Freeman is going to be a non-factor. Again, I just think that David Johnson, if back, would lead that backfield against Jacksonville. And that's really what it comes down to. Do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's a business scam out to get you. That's obvious. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap and your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Truebill has over 2 million users and helps save them over $100 million. Like Matthew B., who said, in a matter of seconds, I saved $660 for the year on my DirecTV bill. Saved $120 for the year on my Sirius XM bill. Saved $840 a year on car insurance. It's pretty good. I need to be using Truebill a lot more often because I have so many unwanted subscriptions just like I'm sure you do. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash mayo. Go right now. Truebill.com slash mayo. It could save you thousands a year. As most listeners know, I've been struggling through some health problems, mainly a chest infection and a sinus infection, and it was really hard to sleep, but Beam Organics really helped me through everything. Beam is a functional wellness brand that makes products for sleep, calm, focus, energy, hydration, and recovery. And Beam's new limited edition sleep product, this is the one that vastly helped me, White Chocolate Peppermint Dream Powder is a healthy hot cocoa for winter that's here to give you the best sleep ever. And I will attest, it will give you a fantastic sleep. It's triple lab tested, no added sugar or artificial sweeteners, only 15 calories and tastes delicious. No THC founded by two former professional athletes. And it contains the ultimate sleep promoting ingredients, nano hemp, reishi, magnesium, i-theanin, and melatonin. No grogginess the next day either. I can confirm that. In a review for Beam's website for a white chocolate peppermint dream, Cole wrote, This is a really delicious new flavor. I usually kind of have a sweet tooth at night, but when I drink this stuff, I don't feel the need to eat sweets at night. My girlfriend just makes us two mugs while we watch TV, and then we fall right asleep. The test stuff is perfect for the holidays. I ordered some for my mom for her Christmas gift. Thank you! 
Nicole for that excellent review of Beam Organics. Are you ready to try? Get $20 off any purchase over $75 when you go to beamorganics.com slash mayo. Just go to beamorganics.com and type in our code mayo at checkout. This offer includes one-time purchases and subscriptions. With subscriptions, you get access to exclusive monthly savings, free shipping, and VIP customer support, plus a great beam froth and mug. You can also pause or cancel anytime. White chocolate peppermint won't last long, so head to beamorganics.com slash mayo, or just go to beamorganics.com and type in code mayo at checkout for $20 off any purchase over $75. Wide receivers in week 15. I want to remind everyone once again, go to pricepix.com, use code MMN for Mayo Media Network. Get a match deposit of up to $100. You can play in the Mayo Media Network props picks pool where you get a bonus 50 on your $7.11 entry for a five pick play. Plus, we're probably going to be running a playoff props contest. So you probably want to get on prizepicks.com right now. Get your money in, use code MMN, get yourself acclimated with the site because we're going to have some free money, some prize pools uh, available to everyone who takes part in that contest over the playoffs. No guarantee it's happening yet, but I have almost sure confirmation that it is going to happen. So you want to go to pricepix.com, use code MMN to get a deposit match of up to $100. Get familiar with the site, get familiar with how to make your picks, and then boom, maybe you can win some big money during the playoffs during NFL season this time around. Uh, Cooper Cup is number one. Devontae Adams is number two. Justin Jefferson, Deontay Johnson. I have Debo Samuel at number five. But here's the tricky (laughs) thing. Is he worse as a fantasy player now that he's playing running back? Yes, because where have the targets gone? That That's the problem. And if he doesn't get that rushing touchdown, this is a bad game because this is so really you have Elijah Mitchell in your ranks. So I'm OK with this because I think it comes down to if Elijah Mitchell plays Debo top 10 wide receiver. If, if Elijah Mitchell does it still a wide receiver one, but now he's rushing touchdown dependent as bat crap crazy as this sounds. <laughs> All right, so yeah, this is the way that I'm playing, and I'm still rolling out Debo in this circumstance. Tyreek Hill at number six, C.D. Lamb at number seven, Tyler Lockett, Chris Godwin, Hunter Renfro at number 10. <laughs> I never thought I would write that. Keenan Allen at number 11, assuming he's going to be back. Mike Evans, Stefan Diggs, Jalen Waddell at number 14, T. Higgins at 15, Jamar Chase at 16, Mike Williams, 17, Brendan Cooks, Amare Cooper, and Terry McLaurin, if he plays with his concussion issues, at number 20. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is 21, who has been not great. No, he hasn't been great, and neither, we talked about this last week, neither has Terry McLaurin. And even if he plays, it has nothing to do with Heineke. If Heineke even plays, it might be Kyle Allen. It sounds like Heineke should be okay. But McLaurin has been very boomer bust this year. The concern I've had is like, I don't even think I would have him at 20 because of Darius Slay. And like Darius Slay is legitimately in the conversation, a top five still at this point. He's you back? Because like, about... Slay has been like bad for the, like the past two years, but now all of a sudden he's just back. That's what I was about to say. <laughs> no, that, that's where I was going. He has returned to like... I was just about to go into the fact that cornerbacks usually have a short shelf life similar to running backs where they're locked down corners and then they kind of take a step down and they're still very good. But then we just see they're worrisome for fantasy purposes, worried for matchups that falls away pretty quickly. And that's what I was going to say. You're right. It feels like Darius Slay has found a second life similar to like when Larry Fitzgerald 
kind of got that second life at wide receiver when they moved him to corner. I don't know what it is about Slay. I don't know if it's the team, it's the scheming, whatever it is. But if you look at the game log this year and you look at Slay, and if you look at PFF, great, whatever you want to look at, Slay is now back inside at least top 10. And it's been week in and week out where he's been concerning of a matchup. And I would like McLaurin, like if he was facing Detroit or, you know, anybody where he could have a big game against them for that boom ceiling, but going against Slay, I have legitimate concerns. And if no Thielen as you have, I mean, I would go KJ Osborne. I would go the Rams wide like Beckham and Van Jefferson are just apparently catching a touchdown every damn week at this point. Okay. So would you go? So the rest of the rankings, so I had, I had him at 20. <laughs> so the 21 through 30 is Hopkins K or Marquise Brown, KJ Osborne, Cole Beasley. That's assuming no Emmanuel Sanders in this game. And it seems like he's likely out right. Van Jefferson, Chase Claypool, DK Metcalf, Odell Beckham, Jr. Julio Jones, Michael Pittman. So it's one spot above Julio Jones and in between Odell Beckham. No, I'll go one spot in front of Metcalf because I think that's the he's he's a, he and Metcalf are essentially the same wide receiver at this point. Poor DK Metcalf, man. And that's what two games in a row where he could have had a big play. Like one was definitively a touchdown. Yeah, but that's two games in a row where it's like just one, and we wouldn't even be upset about it. It's true. Like he's he's right around there, but it, I mean it's it's tough if these are sort of like trust rankings. He has to be down because he's not he's just not seeing like. Lockett is just connecting on these deep balls with Russ every single time, it feels like. And we should have saw it coming because that, 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 yeah, that first game back against Green Bay, they legit bombed it to Lockett eight times. He didn't catch one of them. And now he catches all of them. I mean, it was Doug Baldwin before this. He just loves this kind of wide receiver. I was like, the stu- stupid Giants rumors make no sense because yeah, Kenny Galli is going to not be any better with Russell Wilson. That's yeah. not what they need. Yeah, they but but Kadarius Kade- you know, Tony is going to be so good, though. He would be great. I was just, but I was like brainstorming. You know who would be great is like if the Giants could trade for Russell Wilson and then trade Kenny Galladay for Adam Thielen, even though Thielen's like 75 years old now. Is he 75 years old? There's a chance like Galladay and Thielen are the same age. <laughs> no, I think Thielen's, I think Thielen's legit. Like, I think like 33, isn't he? Somewhere I right around there. I, I don't know. Let me see. He is, he's 31. He's only 31? And Kenny Galladay is, no, Kenny Galladay's only 28. Wow. Seems like he's been around. I, mean, I, knew, I knew Kenny Galladay was young, but I feels like, it feels like Thielen's been around longer than that. Okay, I have Michael Pittman at number thirty. It's tough, Matt. That's a tough scene against New England. It is. I think that's a fair spot for him. Yeah, he should be a lot higher than this, but just I, I'm going with the matchup and the potential game flow here. It seems like a lot of running is going to occur in that game, not just based off what New England had done against the Bills, but I mean, the best assets of both these teams are their running backs and their running games. So try to run as much as possible. Brandon Ayuk at number 31. Darnell Mooney Tunes at number 32. <laughs> Jarvis Landry, Kendrick Bourne, Devonta Smith, Rashad Bateman, A.J. Green, Robbie Anderson, assuming no D.J. Moore. Cam loves the guy. Jacoby Myers and Jamison Crowder. <laughs> no Elijah Moore uh, this week. And I don't know how Berrios ended up doing so well. And maybe Berrios is the play. I don't know. But Crowder seems like he should be a lot better, especially against Miami. And just I'll reiterate once again, you attack them in the middle of the field. That's where Crowder's <laughs> going to be running his routes. That sounds like a really good situation to me for Jamison Crowder, minus the fact that he has you know, Zoomer Zach throwing in the ball, who whose new favorite target is the ground, uh, which is really nice to see. Can't throw a (laughs) 40-yard pass. Targeting, like, he's throwing Matt Castle bounce passes to people now. Nice trick shots. Doesn't really count as a completion. Not just everybody that remembers Mark Rippon and how many times he did the same thing, if you want to go back really far. Like, he's at least OG for me in our age of 
people because they're probably people before that. But anyway, point being, I was going to go all the way back up and say that we kind of glossed past it. And you said, I would never have thought I would say that. But Hunter Renfro, Cleveland is also very similar to Miami, just slot, slot underneath guys. And oh my God, if you don't play him on Saturday on DraftKings, you're insane. Yeah, he's expensive, but I mean, that's just the way that it's, that it's going to have to be on Saturday night. Yeah. Then I look- would just go for it. That's that's where you beat up. Like I said, that's where you beat up Cleveland. And yeah, uh, the Crowder situation, I have no idea. Zach Wilson just sucks, dude. He can't even, he's throwing bounce passes to everybody wants to crap on Taysom Hill and Cam Newton for not throwing the running backs. They don't throw frequently, but at least they get the ball to the flipping running back. It's meanwhile, Ty Johnson's four yards standing right there. And Zach Wilson can't even complete the pass. I mean, Ty Johnson didn't do him a ton of favors in the first quarter on Sunday. He still wildly missed him a lot, like easy throw. Yeah. And it's not like the Kaepernick where he just guns it and he, like there's, he doesn't know how to take speed off the ball. He just legitimately can't throw. You have to stand at least 10 yards away from Zach Wilson to at least get it in your range. He just, I don't know. Is he farsighted or something? Do we not know? Like, does he need LASIK about the reverse, la- whatever the one is for farsightedness? He just need, he needs to wear Horace Grant goggles out on the field. He needs yeah, to, he needs to, he needs is. to wear like a convex visor on his uh, on his helmet. <laughs> yeah. Get like the horse blinders. Yeah, uh, I don't know what's going on there, but he also throws screen passes at 300 miles per hour. He has no touch. This yeah, this is the Kaepernick situation. <laughs> yeah, it's just really strange stuff. Uh, the Ravens receivers are ranked like Tyler Hundley is playing, not Lamar Jackson. I don't think Lamar is going to play. I think, yeah, if you have Lamar Jackson, you need to make backup plans for sure. And honestly, even if he does play, you might want backup plans because he hadn't been playing that good. The rushing was really what was carrying him. Unfortunately, not unfortunately, fortunately, the rushing was carrying him. But if he's not 100% and plays, that's the point. It's like, how much is he going to run? And then if he's not running, the passing game has not been very good enough to bolster his fantasy numbers. So I don't even know. Let's put it that way, Pat. I'll flip a question back to you. If Lamar Jackson plays, would he even be a QB one for you? I don't think so. No. I, I think that's where I, we're at this week. I think there are enough streamable options, whether it be Taysom. It's a good week. Taysom Fields, Tua, like all those guys. Just they seem to have such Garoppolo. a Garoppolo, Teddy, even Teddy Bridgewater against Cincinnati. That feels like a really good matchup and what should be a higher scoring game where he'll have to throw. So I think I would take the floor of those guys. Like you risk Lamar being okay and him putting up like god mode numbers and you feel like an absolute dud Mm -hmm. but if he's not if he doesn't have the capability to run because he's limping too much that it takes away so much of his game and it takes away his deep balls too because so much of his passing game is predicated on the fear that he's going to run and getting the safeties to bite up and then there's just guys behind the defense and if he doesn't have that capability and you know green bay catches on to it it's it's curtains for him Titans, I tell you. Yeah, we talked about that back in week three or four where we were breaking that down and was talking about the success of the passing game was because you play cover two when you have receivers like Marquise Brown, and then that's how you try to keep them in front of you from getting behind them. But the problem and why the Ravens were so successful is because what you just mentioned, when you have the threat of a running back or running quarterback to that level, you suck in the safeties, and then Marquise Brown says, peace, see you later, I'm getting behind you. Whereas what you just said, now – if they don't have to worry about that, they can sit back on Marquise Brown. So now you take away not just Lamar Jackson's rushing upside, but you take away Marquise Brown too, and you're left with Dinkin' Dunksville, and hopefully Mark Andrews can do something. 
I have Amon Ross St. Brown at number 41. Uh, Gabriel Davis at number 42. Like I mentioned, likely no Emmanuel Sanders. This is considering right. that you, this does have Josh Allen as the Bills quarterback this week. And he may not play either. I'm expecting him to play. But that, just keep that in mind. It might be Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> Nico Collins at number 43, who continues to see an uptick in like targets it. with Davis Mills at quarterback. Russell Gage, Kenny Galladay, Devontae Parker, Michael Gallup, Marvin Jones Jr., Donovan Peoples-Jones, Allen Robinson. Robinson at number 50 and then yeah. you get into like Laquan Treadwell Keelan Cole Josh Reynolds uh the alternate Green Bay guys Marcus Valdez Scantling Alan Lazard <laughs> flip a coin I it, love how you just ranked them back to back <laughs> yeah well, I mean it's gonna be one okay so here's how it kind of works they alternate weeks where they're good because one of them can't be good while the other one was good but then they both like go missing for two weeks at a time too so you almost need like a a, a four-sided coin to flip whether it's mvs lazard or nothing two out of the four times as well so that becomes (laughs) tough like barrios sterling shepherd i have glennon as the starter and i I, yeah i don't know dan dugan just said that today it's it's not going to be they're not going they're not turning to from he said they're sticking with glennon yeah so that's not a good scene for anyone really no it's not but i will say you asked me when we go back to waivers, Russell Gage and Devonte Parker. Not that it's ooh super exciting, but I would have them forty and forty one before I got the Jameson Crowder. Even though that is, you are right. That's how you beat Zach Wilson. I just don't trust that offense. And Jamison Crowder, even with Zach Wilson, even though that's how you beat the Dolphins, and you are one hundred percent right, and have been right about that all year long. Still comes down to Zach Wilson. That's all it comes down to. I, I think I would take this one on the chin with Jamison Crowder versus Devontae Parker. Just watching the way that Tua was using Devontae Parker and how he was utilized in that offense, it seems like when they need to throw outside the numbers, that ball is going to Devontae Parker 100% of the time. Third and six, third and seven, or even like even some goal line plays. If they're going to throw a fade, and maybe that's where he kind of gets his bones. But it doesn't feel like the overall volume is going to be there, and especially against the Jets where... I mean, there's going to be third and long situations all the time, obviously, but it's not, you know, when you're up 21 to three or something like that, and it's probably not as necessary to press in that situation. It just feels like a lot of Waddle, a lot of Gasicki and Parker, you know, if they need him and they might not need him as much. And Will Fuller might be back next week. I saw. Sure. He was at, he he might, he might, he might start practicing. Apparently like his finger (laughs) was so shattered. Like they had like reconstructed. Oh, really? Yeah. Was that was that the reason he wasn't practicing? Because yeah. I thought it was like personal issues too. No, that was at the beginning of the year. Then he came back and then he shattered okay. his finger and like it's been bad. Okay, yeah, you, you're not wrong about the volume for Parker, but that game right before against the Giants secondary, which is better than the Jets, but again, so Giants secondary better. He was five of five for what was it, sixty something yards if I remember correctly. Uh, but you are right in the fact that they just similar to the Zeke conversation we had. They might not need him that much in this game. Yeah, and they will always use Waddle because that's just the throw the Tua likes to make. Yeah, where do you have Waddle? Oh, yeah, well, way up at 14. I was yeah. just curious where he had Waddle. I forgot. He's been great. He's basically past him. He's basically just been like he and Renfro have been criminally yes. underranked the entire season. They've been amazing. I don't know if he's still there, but Waddle heading into the bye was top five in receptions, in receptions on the year. I thought he was yeah. number one in res- or number two behind Cup in like receptions. Now, because behind him was, um, he was behind Adams already. So, okay, let's see. We already was he behind Adams or Hill already? 
it was one of the two, but Keenan Allen was in front of him too because Keenan Allen just didn't play and he's still in front of him. Keenan Allen is 86 and Waddle has, oh, they're tied at 86. So he's actually tied with Renfro. They're all tied for fifth. Allen, Renfro, and Waddle all have 86. And then in front of him is Hill and Adams at 90, Godwin at 92, and Cooper Cup at 113. Which, by the way, kudos Hunter Renfro because you're the only person in this conversation that doesn't have about 120 targets. Yeah, he, he Hunter Renfro is a big fan of seven catches on eight targets. That that's kind of his jam. Yeah, eighty six of one hundred and six targets. It's pretty good. Good high catch rate. That's only, a, that is a Doug yes. Baldwin esque catch rate. Yeah, that is true. Another Doug Baldwin reference. That's two Doug Baldwin references in one week. Tight ends for the week. Kelsey is not at number one for the first time all year. He is at number two, and it's starting to get a bit concerning. But We'll talk about that in a second. Kittle is at number one. Me Timbers, they be Kittled against Atlanta. Kelsey, Gronk, Andrews, Gesicki, Goddard, Pat Firemouth, Dawson Knox, <laughs> Tyler Conklin, Kyle Pitts, and then Foster Moreau, Zach Ertz, Dalton Schultz, Ricky Seals-Jones, Hunter Henry, Austin Hooper, Cole Komet, Tyler Higby, assuming he's back, Jerry Everett, and Jared Cook. <laughs> uh, I have Hawkinson as out. I have Darren Waller as out. Those guys could play. Who knows uh, those circumstances? Is this an injury issue for Kelsey or is it a lot to do with a game flow issue with Kelsey where the chiefs had started to run the ball a lot more uh, asking Kelsey to block a little bit more. And so that just overall is going to hurt his overall number of targets. Then we get a few of these games where they're absolute blowouts. So almost like the Zeke conversation we had earlier that if Kelsey didn't do his damage early on, he just wasn't going to do damage because there was no need to use him anymore. Yeah, I think it's a combination of a lot of things. So to your point about that, 196 snaps since week 10, 128 routes. That's behind Tyreek Hill and not too far ahead of Byron Pringle, like to give you an idea of what you're talking about by blocking. The other part of it, too, is if you just watch the games, Travis Kelsey is not quite Zeke, but he's getting to the point where he doesn't have that same burst peak Kelsey burst and separation that's the biggest thing we talked about Patrick Mahomes weeks ago and I was talking with you and I did it on my show too is breaking down what's wrong with Patrick Mahomes and that he doesn't trust anybody and that nobody's getting open and Tyreek Hill's dropping passes on top of Byron Pringle and Demarcus Robinson all the rest Travis Kelsey is starting to play into this factor of like he's not getting as open as he used to it's not that Kelsey's bad and also last week they didn't even need him because they were up what was it 30 nothing in the first quarter or whatever second quarter was 30 something to nothing like they were up super fast and they didn't need him last week so I'm not putting too much weight into last week and I'm not saying all this to say like panic about Kelsey but the fact that you have Kittle in front of him I honestly think at this point you could argue Andrews in front of him and Gronk, yeah, Andrews is actually the number one tight end this year. Uh, I think you could have a conversation with Gronk at this point because of the touchdown versus Kelsey. I would still go Kelsey over Gronk, but I think you could argue that right now it's Kittle, Andrews, Kelsey. I think you could too. I'm going to stick it with Kelsey for this week. This seems to be a situation where it should be a very competitive back and forth game if I have a read on this correctly and I just look at the spread of the game. So hopefully they'll have to pass and have to pass to Travis Kelsey in this spot. Just feels like there are so few games with high totals this week and this is one of them. Like this is by far the highest one. Sure. So I think it's the one that you want to target as many guys as possible in and is hopefully that ends up working out well uh, for you. Other than that, I think you just kind of have to roll with the guys that got you there at this point. Like there's not 
any one streamer that you look at be like, oh man, you got to pick that guy up in order to play. Like I'm not buying like um, Hooper last week. <laughs> yeah. Like, like Hooper last week, but man, he doesn't score that touchdown. He's also useless just like everyone else. Like, sure. I think you can I don't do know better. that I would chase Ricky Seals Jones. He was a 50, 50 split with Bates. He should be getting more this week though. This is his first week back from hip injury. Should there's a report from the team that they, they're actually like intrigued with Bates. Oh God. So I shouldn't have him at number yeah. 14 at tight end. Uh, I would definitely play Hunter Henry over him. Um, what has Henry done since Johnny I mean, was come back? He's touched on our bust. That's he's, the same conversation. Yeah, it's it's touched. But if I'm gonna touch, I'm gonna trust the touchdown potential. I would say New England and Mac Jones versus what's going on with Washington right now. And the, I mean, we're talking 14 and 15 at tight end at this point. As you kind of said, if you have a top 10 option, you're just playing them. After that, it's pretty gross. Yeah, people just watch this show all year. They would have Pat Fryermuth on their team, and then they would be good to go. Or Conklin or Knox, yeah. Yeah, Although, I, it feels like, I mean, Fryermuth is actually, like, he has been consistent every single week. And, like, the weeks that he doesn't get volume, he's scoring a touchdown. He's been, like, legit good at tight end. Yeah, and that's the problem with Foster Moreau is getting the volume, but he's just, that's these past two games. And honestly, we'd be having a completely different conversation if he comes down with that catch in the end zone. Sure. So. I mean, I have been number 11. I, I think you can still roll him out. Like, Pitts has been awful. Like, he had two good games. He actually been... hasn't been awful. You know, he's third in yards at tight end. Sure. He just but no have, touchdowns. Have, if you took out those two, like, gigantic games that he had, like, where is he now sitting? You mean if he took those yards away? Yeah. Like, he had the two games where he, like, he went absolutely mental. 119, 163? Yeah. So... Quick man, 82, 282, 282 from 770 puts him at 488. And like, where would that be? And I don't want to say he would get zero in those games. If you just gave him his average of like, what right. is it, like 60, whatever it is per game. I so, mean, 488 would still put him 489 as 12th Conklin, 489. So he'd be 12th. So, in where, yards. Where, so you where would, give, give where him would 50 yards and yeah, you put him and he's put ninth. Him at, put him at, put him at 600 yards for the season and see where he's at. Seventh. Seventh? Okay, so he'd be seventh in yards outside of those two games, but that offense doesn't score touchdown. touchdown. And how is, but I think the the question that you need to ask is, what has he done since Calvin Ridley went out? Since Calvin Ridley went out? Yeah, he had the biggest biggest question. He had that game against the Jets where he went off. Right. And that's been it. And then the very next week against Miami. Well, after the bye. Yeah, and then that's been it. Teams were like, oh yeah, we'll we'll take out Kyle Pitts. That will be our, our defensive strategy against Atlanta. Right. 60, 60, 29, 26, 48, 61. Yeah, so you you play him, but he's not going to – it's going to be a real outlier if he's good. He's getting you six or seven points. He's getting you replacement level. Yeah. Bummer for tight ends. Which, speaking of which, I don't know how you're handling it, but I know we like to talk about this on your show a lot about strategy and what you have to do for the playoffs. Interested to see your thoughts because I talked about this on my show with what just happened with Higby. Because this was a day of, it's too late. Do you know? Mostly, yeah, there are yeah. Some- the move is if you see that your opponent has Tyler Higby, you go pick up the replacement tight ends. No, 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 not that. Not that. No, no, no. Well, we're saying so. The, I was see your thoughts for this because it's a good discussion to have because this is unprecedented. Last year, it was different. If you remember last year, it was hey Thursday blank might have COVID and might sit out so you could make a contingency plan this year we're getting reports like day of morning of hey he's sitting tonight it's too late unless you play on yahoo most other sites you can't do waivers on monday so what we're doing in our league and i know 
that's why I'm just curious to see if you even like it or not. And I have a feeling you probably won't. But if something like Higby happened, because God forbid it's Monday night football and who's who's Monday night this week? Minnesota. Dalvin Cook gets COVID 10 a.m. on Monday and you don't have a backup option. We're going replacement level waiver option. So like basically six or seven points you get put in that spot. You can't just make it. Just that be- you, you can pick up. I think the move would just be make everything available for people to pick up on Monday night. Like if players haven't played if yet, you, as, if you can't do that, that was what I'm saying. If like, like the site that you play on just doesn't let you. Yeah, you, should, you should be able. What, you, you should be able to commissioner override that though. Okay, so commissioner override if you can. Yeah, to pick up and you you're you're able to drop someone that you didn't play that week. So it's not like oh, because Wayne Gallman is technically I guess well he just got signed by the Vikings because Alexander Madison's Vikings. on the COVID list. So if Dalvin Cook right. ends up on the COVID list and you can't play him, in order to say like oh this guy has to drop Delvin Cook to pick someone up, you didn't play anyone. I think that's the fairest way to do it. I don't like the idea of giving just points to people for nothing. No, I meant the whoever the replacement like level running back, and I was saying that would usually come out like. So R- RB36, wide receiver 48. Yeah, see, I, I, I don't like that. That's fair. It would be the commissioner think, override for me if you couldn't allow people to pick players up. Okay. I like that as a backup plan if you can't do that. Yeah. Just because, again, it's like at best case, you're only getting six or seven points anyway. True. Quarterbacks for week number 15. Playoff time. Time to roll up the highest upside guys. Kyler Murray, Justin Herbert, Aaron Rodgers, Jalen Hurts, who I expect to start against Washington, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford, Dak Prescott. I would have Brady higher, but outside of the playoff game against New Orleans, it's been a rough go against New Orleans for him. That's that secondary has been pretty good. Although, and what did they... They're all healthy now, wasn't, too. Yeah, but what happened earlier this year? Uh, I forget. He, he was awful through, like, three quarters. They had, like... Then they started, like, mounted a comeback in the fourth quarter. But they had him yeah, rattled had like off four, his spot all he have, like, four touchdowns or something? I thought he had four picks. It was I the game where he picks. threw, like, a, a weird amount of... Like, he just looked bad in that game. And, like, in regular... Three, 375 yards, four touchdowns, and two interceptions. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Pretty good fantasy. <laughs> that's, but that's because that's New Orleans good. jumped up to a big lead in that game. And then it was all Bucks basically not necessarily during garbage time, but during comeback time. And this New Orleans squad is a little bit different where the defense is still the same, but the offensive philosophy is going to be burn the clock, run with Taysom Hill. And, right. And Tampa's run defense, um, not quite as good as it was last year, as it turns out. No. And that's what I was going to point out. You have Taysom at 14. And I think you can make a case for him to be higher. He's definitely got a lower floor. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, you could they... definitely make the case for him to be a lot higher. The issue is if Brady comes out and gets up 10 nothing or 14 nothing in this game, I mean, the Saints are going to have to pass at that point. You don't want Taysom Hill passing. I mean, he has two touchdowns in every single game, two of those being passing. True, but they haven't really so... fallen behind by all that much in these right. games. Right. Like they've been competitive. You, you're not, so you're not worried about Dak right now? I am, but I mean that's why I have him at number ten. Like if it was regular, oh, no. it, like my projections have Dak as the number two quarterback of the week, all things being equal. I just don't trust that. Yeah, I just he hasn't looked right since the buy and the calf injury, and part of it could be the team around him, but also 
uh, isn't Tyron Smith now officially out too? Like, yeah. I feel like they just lost two more offensive linemen. I feel like they're going to hold, they would, I, I don't know if they would necessarily be smart because I guess it depends on what the Eagles do. But if somehow Washington, if they can win this game against the Giants and Washington can somehow beat Philly, they might as well just deactivate everyone for four weeks and get ready for the playoffs. They have no chance at the bye. They're fourth seed at worst. Like, what's the difference? It would be ideal, but yes, they have to win because if they lose and Washington wins out, which involves beating Dallas again later this well, playing them again and then beating them that time, Washington could still win the division. They can they? I thought after they lost last week, it would be like no, push. Still at can worst. win the division. So let's nope, see. What are the still win. What are the standings? If here? Dallas, if Washington wins out and Dallas loses an additional game, if like basically if Dallas lost this week and Washington won out, they'd win the division. Yeah, okay. So Dallas, let's say they beat the Giants. They beat the Giants this week. They go to ten and four. And I guess yeah, who, at that who, point, yes. I, I guess it's whoever. I mean, then they have to be sweating the winner of Philly and Washington and Washington, because then if the other team won out, they would technically be tied for the division. And I think Philly would pose a bigger problem because in this scenario where Philly catches up to Dallas, they would have beat Dallas twice where, and they, then they would have the tiebreaker and win the division and Washington would not necessarily because it would be at least a split uh, with the teams. Wait, no, Dallas beat Philly the first time. Did so they? Be, I, so they, they were, I thought they yeah. played them twice more for some reason. No, they play their final game is week 17, 18. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just did the 17 mistake. Lock they've actually, they've beaten the, they've beaten the giant. They, I think they're three and own division Dallas. Well, that's good news. Good news for them. It, it is. So, so yes, there is, there is a scenario, <laughs> there is a scenario where they beat the giants this week where they can kind of coast the rest of the season kind because of. let's see they're nine and four the packers are ahead of them tampa's ahead of them they're tied with the rams the cardinals are already ahead of them like they're gonna be the four seed if they win the division whoever wins that division is likely to be the right. four seed now that means you probably get the rams coming to you which is not ideal but it's going to be hard to catch up to the three seed anyway it, it will but yeah that's that's the biggest thing that you're looking at here and plus at this point the only buy is the one seed anyway, so you're playing for one guaranteed home playoff game. Yeah, but if you can find your way to the two seed, it feels like that would be ultra beneficial because then you get Washington, Philly, Minnesota, Atlanta, New Orleans, potentially Seattle. Maybe the Niners fall to that spot or the Niners look like they're in good shape now. Like that matchup, I mean, I think the Niners matchup is significantly more difficult than all of those other ones. And I think that Minnesota would be a much more difficult matchup than all of the rest of them as well. I think that Minnesota is just a better team than the rest of the six and seven NFC teams. Uh, they just have horrible luck and do stupid things, but as overall talent, cause Thielen will likely be back at that point too. And I doubt Everson Griffin ends up coming back, but maybe he does. I just think top to bottom, they're a better team than the rest of that rest of that group. doesn't mean they're going to be the seven sure. seed, but I like their chances a lot better if they make the playoffs. Yeah, and I think if you're Dallas, you're praying you can somehow get up to the number three seed because if you're the four, it's going to be whoever Rams and Cardinals are that don't win that division. <laughs> yeah, but I wouldn't press to be the number three seed right now if it means Dak's not going to be 100% or Tyron Smith's not going to be there. Like, I'd rather just play the Rams and have all my guys healthy. I think that's a better chance than playing a beat up San like playing beat up against San Francisco at home. I don't know. Because then also you're thinking about who's the number one seed after that, too. Yeah, but I don't think you can look that far ahead at everything. No, I know. But I'm just saying, like, I just I would play it out. Like, I'm just I'm more of the fact that, like, I just wouldn't coast. I wouldn't risk it. 
I, I think once you clinch, in, unless there's a very clear path for you, the onus should be on getting your players healthy for that first So round. then here's the question of, you, we've danced around it without asking the question. So if you have Dak Prescott, are you worried that he sits not only week 18, because we're not concerned with week 18, but are you concerned he sits week 17 and you need a backup quarterback plan? If everything breaks right, potentially. Yeah, so I think that's the question. We, and Zeke, too. Yeah, uh, I think that there's a lot of teams right now that are kind of looking at it, especially like with all the COVID protocols and Buffalo everything. said that already. Like they just talking about giving Mitch Trubisky reps. Yeah, like just, just well, that's because Josh Allen's hurt. Right, I know, but they're also talking about like your point about this is like even it so they can't coast at all yet, but that if they win another game or two, that, that I'm saying this, this is like the similar conversation is that if they get where they're locked into the playoffs and they're not getting the division and the Patriots take it, that they consider the same thing. What you're talking about with the Cowboys is they just say, all right, well, we're going to be a wild card on the road anyway. So let's get Josh Allen healthy and make sure, because that's the only chance we have at winning anyway. So Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, week 17 concerns. And any team that clinches that has their spot kind of locked in at the moment, like realistically, is there, I guess there would be a big difference between being a two seed and a three seed as it comes down to a second round matchup. But with the amount of COVID outbreaks going on right now, you might just want to see, be like, hey, uh, hey, guys, let's, uh, let's, let's take these two weeks off here. And you guys don't come into the facility. Don't be in contact <laughs> with one another. Uh, and that way, even if one of you ends up like testing positive or being a close contact, it doesn't affect anyone else. Yeah, because they're so good at doing that so far. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, I mean, the Bills actually were the team sort of out ahead of this last year. Cause remember, they had their third string quarterback practicing separate from the other quarterbacks, not being in the quarterback You're room right. like with them, just in case the Kenthel Hinton situation ended up popping up, that they actually would have a have a quarterback available for them, which was pretty smart. It no, didn't, you're, it, it didn't end you're, up you're happening, right. but that was really smart to do. I'm looking at Warren Sharp actually tweeted this yesterday and said the teams with the most COVID players is actually the Cowboys, 21. The fewest, Seattle's only had one, and Jacksonville and Carolina have had three. I mean, in fairness, Jacksonville might have 500, just no one bothered to report it. Mm, or they just legitimately never come into the facility because they don't want to deal with Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer. I, man, Urban, <laughs> is there a conspiracy theory that Trevor Lawrence has been like to cover up Trevor Lawrence not having a great rookie season, that this is really just like Nick Saban throwing himself out there to protect Trevor Lawrence? Is that, is that a conspiracy theory we can spin? <laughs> No, it was like it was like there's, the, there's no. it was like the old Rex Ryan move where if the Jets had a really bad week, Rex would just do something completely outrageous to really get like the pressure off people's toes. Yeah, he's a toe <laughs> expert. He even said that this week, but he would get all the pressure off of his players and make the story about him to really give his guys a rest, which was, I actually think, a really good move as a coach. I mean, if Marvin Jones wasn't saying what he was saying in the interview with James Robinson, then it could surface maybe like you could actually if the players were coming out in support of urban Meyer and backing him and saying like, don't put all the blame on him. Then maybe you could say, all right, there's a, like, there's something going behind this. No, nobody wants him on this damn team. Streamable quarterbacks. You can use this week. I got Tua at number 11, Kirk cousins at number 12. I got Burrow at 13, Taysom, Justin Fields and Jimmy Garoppolo, 15 and 16, Teddy yeah. B Russell Wilson, Tyler Heineke and Cam Newton. Uh, you could potentially, I have Davis Mills at number 21. You could, you have to be so desperate in like a one quarterback league to roll him out. But. I mean, he he's the discount Mac Jones right now. Yeah, except I think he actually has higher upside in terms of fantasy because Houston could just get down by 20 points. Probably not in this matchup, but in general. True, true. 
Anyway, that's quarterbacks. Let's talk defenses. Uh, who do yeah. I got here? Uh, Dolphins, number one against the Jets. Surprised. Yeah, they were probably widely available being on bye week as well. People had planned ahead, just like I have the Niners at number seven. Um, but Dolphins, Browns, Bills, Bucks, Cardinals, Rams, 49ers, Packers, Eagles, Cowboys. One of those is probably available. Ah, maybe not. Packers are probably available. Eagles might be available coming off the bye week. Eagles, yeah, we're out there hanging, hanging around. I saw that in a good amount of leagues. Actually, I can scroll down to because I always check for my waiver column to see what's under there. Streaming options. Yeah, Miami, Philly's out there. Minnesota's out there against Chicago. If you want to hope Justin Fields takes sacks and turns the ball over. Cleveland's out there against Las Vegas. Well, I have them at number two. I think that's a great match. I know. Although these new yeah, co- they have although Cleveland's these new COVID, I, uh, we have to wait to see what these COVID protocols mean. Like, there's no one playing <laughs> before like defense. half the defense is on COVID protocol. Yeah, that that might be a tough scene. Uh, got the Patriots at eleven, Vikings, Titans, Jags, Texans, or Texans then Jags, Raiders, Steelers, Broncos, Bengals, Chiefs. I ranked a bunch this week in case people hoarded defense defenses in your league that you know maybe you can get some upside here. I got nothing. Yeah, neither do I. Are you number one in uh, most accurate rankings yet, or is Radcliffe beating you? Oh, uh, Radcliffe, we're one and two. Yeah, I know. I I wasn't sure if you were one, he was two, or he was you were two. And oh no, I I'm up. I was up from. I'm up to two from four. So yes, when, the podcast that we do on Wednesday, you legitimately cannot find a more accurate podcast anywhere, no matter you, what. When are you going to beat him, Jeff? Yeah, I don't know if I could chase him down. He's got his. He's got a pretty strong lead on the season. He would have to have. Probably two rough weeks, like terrible weeks, but he would have to have two rough weeks and I would have to continue. Um, what really killed me is like the past couple weeks. So the entire year, I've never finished outside the top 40 except for one week. And that one week kind of is what's what's dragging me down a little bit, mostly because of the quarterbacks. Yeah, quarterbacks have been really tough this year. Uh, but everything else that, I mean... It's- Jeff's been fine. Apparently, I mean, I could tell you, Jeff is top 10 at quarterback and I'm like 50-something. And that's that's the biggest difference. That's what's killing me because uh here i'll give you the year i'll give you the season to date that's what's killing me is just the quarterbacks alone as this updates very slowly for some reason i am seven at running back three at wide receiver and four at tight end and 69 at quarterback jeff is sixth at quarterback that's the biggest difference would you like to see if i can hack radcliffe's password and then change his rankings to my (laughs) rankings for the final three weeks and see what happens to him i keep telling you i think your rankings would do well We'll see. I know you don't believe me. Yeah, I mean, I just, I don't care enough to go and play on Fantasy <laughs> Pros. <laughs> just seems like another I thing I would have to keep up to date with, which I don't want to do. Uh, trust me. Like I've been trying to get away from it because that's the last. Yeah, so but you I'm can't. My... You can't get away with it because you're too good at it. That's the problem. I you're, know. That's if the you problem. Were really bad at it, it wouldn't make a difference. <laughs> I need to have. I need to like tank 2022 so I can stop doing it because that's the problem. I update the rankings for the athletic site at like 12 o'clock with all the inactives, and then I spend 30 minutes trying to get it all up to Fantasy Pros and update it over there, and I and then I don't publish until like 12:50 because the athletic deservedly so if people are paying subscriptions. You deserve to see the rankings and they don't want them just floating out there for free so i'm like i'm like caught between a rock and a hard place and something else we need to add something in that third option there Let's see oh damian harris was present for media access portion of tuesday's practice doesn't say whether or not he's going to play or not maybe he will end up playing. who knows <laughs> we'll see about that so lots to go through stay tuned 
this week. Uh, sub to the newsletter so you can keep up to date on this full injury report. Uh, the Mayo Media newsletter on Substack if you're looking for it. Thank you to, for watching on Game Plus. If you're watching on Game Plus, we appreciate you tuning in up in Canada. Follow Jake on Twitter at AllInKid and find his work at TheAthletic.com and his show up on Bets TV on the YouTube page. So go check that out. He and Jeff Radcliffe will have a ranking show as well on Wednesday. The most accurate one out there he gets to run his ideas by me and then he goes and makes all the good picks on his show so that's just the way it's going to be you can find my rankings up on dknation.com or down in the description listeners league down in the description on youtube and in the podcast as well in the golf one and done league fantasygolfchampionships.com the one and done league is available go get one of your five spots right now to play for your share of five hundred thousand dollars guaranteed in the race for the mayo cup i'm pat mayo smash the like thanks for watching I'll see you next time. Family experience! Experience!